0: Scott Seidenberg on v the Sports Betting Network. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on v the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Stanley Cup playoff action resumes here on Tuesday. The Rangers and Hurricanes skated into overtime Where Carolina got the 2-1 victory off a shot that wasn't really a shot, if you will. Ian Cole throws the puck on net. There were really no hurricanes in front of the net. No traffic at all. And the puck deflects off of Ryan Lindgren's stick perfectly to go past Igor Shesterkin. For the 2-1 game winner. The Rangers absolutely dominated the first period. And they had a 1-0 lead after the first period. And Carolina was fortunate that it was only 1-0. The Rangers had multiple chances to extend that lead. I thought the score should have been 3-0 at the end of the first period. At the very least, 2-0, because um, Kietel had a chance to score his second goal, and Ranta made an incredible toe save. And if he just elevates that puck a little bit, instead of just slapping at it, uh, the Rangers are up 2 nothing. No goals scored in the second period, and then with about three minutes left in the game, Sebastian Ajo ties the game at one and we, I just talked about what happened in overtime. So you look at this game, shots were pretty even, 28-26. Uh, one penalty for each team, so it was a relatively clean game for both of these teams that each had uh, one unsuccessful power play. But the game goes under the total that was 5.5, which was a low total considering what we've seen so far in this playoffs, and it was a good battle between Ronta and Shesterkin as uh, the former Ranger Ronta gets the win uh, as Carolina gets that bounce, fortunate bounce off of Ryan Lindgren's stick, man. You watch the slow-motion replay of that goal, and it's there's nothing that Igor could do. He's not really expecting anything to come at him. It wasn't a um, difficult... Shot, if you will. Uh, It was just a puck that was thrown on net. And that's what you have to do sometimes. Put the puck on net. make Good things might happen. And for Lindgren, he just, um, man, just lifted his stick up a little bit. Went right off the shaft of his stick. And bounced under the arm of Shisterkin. Who uh, dropped his goal stick after the puck went in. In frustration. Almost it was it was frustration and disbelief at the same time that he was like you got to be kidding me like that's how we just lost this game my own player just deflected this puck past me and it's it it is very very frustrating but for the carolina hurricanes now with a 1-0 lead heavily favored to win this series game 2 is going to come up on um friday And the Hurricanes in that game, minus 175 to the Rangers, plus 150. The other game that we saw here on uh, Wednesday was the game where the over was never in doubt. We talked about this game last night between the Flames and the Oilers. And we said the over was the play. Why did we like the over so much? Well, look at the series that Carolina just came from playing against Jake Ottinger and the Dallas Stars. Where Dallas played such good defense, it really limited Calgary's offense. And of course, Ottinger stood on his head the entire series. He was fantastic. But in this series... Going up against Mike Smith, it was going to be a lot easier for Calgary to get some pucks into the net. Also, the spacing on the ice was going to benefit Calgary because the Oilers don't play that same intense style of defense that the Dallas Stars do. It's a more open open ice skating game. And with all that open ice that is created, A lot of skill position players on both sides. This was a 3-1 game after the first period. This became a 6-2 game in which the Oilers came back to tie the game at 6 before Calgary scored 2-1 answered and eventually an empty netter to win the game 9-6. So the over, never in doubt. We resume action of the series uh, game twos for the series that began on Tuesday. Here on Thursday, Tampa Bay and Carolina, the Panthers are minus 160, Hurricanes plus 140 up on DraftKings. And think about this. In the first round of the playoffs this year, four home teams that were favored lost game one at home. So four home favorites lost game one. All four of them responded with wins in game two. So I would expect the Panthers to bounce back with a win here in game two. And then St. Louis and Colorado, the Avalanche undefeated so far in this playoffs. They are heavily favored in this one, minus 235, total of six and a half. The first game between these two uh, went under with the uh, Avalanche winning in um, overtime, three to two. Don't necessarily believe this one will go to overtime. Do I think St. Louis has what it takes to even up this series? Maybe. I can't bet against Colorado right now. They've just looked so incredible this entire postseason uh i wouldn't obviously i'm not going to lay the minus 235 but colorado on the puck line is plus 105 and that's something i think i would play then colorado does win this one favorites have been really dominating here in the playoffs We get the view from Vegas, our very own Dave Tooley, as the favorites are 36 and 19 overall in the playoffs. 36 and 19. However, on the puck line, favorites are just 25 and 30 this postseason. Overall, overs lead the way 32 21 and 2. Oh, home teams are 35 and 20 overall. So think about that. It, 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 and it makes sense uh because it ties into the favorites. A lot of the times the home teams are favorite, although there have been situations here in this postseason where there have been road favorites. But favorites are 36 and 19 overall. Home teams 35 and 20 overall. And that kind of plays into what I think will be a Carolina, uh, excuse me, a Carolina Panthers, a Florida Panthers win to even up their series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then, if that's the case, you see, now we're thinking ahead. It's like we're playing chess here. We're we're, we're, we're a couple of moves ahead now. Panthers, I think, bounce back, because that's what home teams that lose game one do. Bounce back here, win game two. And then we look at Game 3, and we're all over the Lightning. They'll be home. They'll be favored. So that's been profitable so far this postseason. But also, it's now, what, 17, 18 straight wins after a playoff loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning? So Panthers in Game 2, Lightning in Game 3. then where do we go in game four? If we say Panthers in game four, then we got to go Lightning in game number five. And that would give the Lightning a 3-2 series lead. And could Tampa Bay make it back to another Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, they're back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. I think maybe we'll, uh, yeah, I think that might be the case. It's so hard to go against this team after a loss, given their success. So I think the move has to be Panthers in game two and Lightning in game three. And then maybe Panthers in game four or Lightning in game four. Lightning take a 3-1 lead. But it's, uh, I think maybe Lightning in six might be the move right now. Let me see if I can find a prop on that. Series props. Series correct score. Tampa Bay Lightning to win in six is plus 390. So with that, is that Tampa Bay in six? So I'm giving them a 2-1 a lead after three. Game four, we give it to the Panthers. So it's 2-2. Two, two. Game five, we give to the Lightning because it's the after the loss. And then game six, we give to the Lightning. Unless we go Lightning in seven as well, because through the whole win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. That is plus 550. Those might be some interesting bets to make. We'll talk some uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, maybe get a thought on UFC uh, with our very own Lou Finacaro. will join me coming up next uh, at GamBlue on Twitter, get his thoughts on he's got a futures ticket on the Calgary Flames, so he's got to be happy or is he with what he saw here coming on uh, on Wednesday. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's a look ahead here on v This is the Look Ahead on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Scott Zadenberg back here on the Look Ahead here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining me now to continue the Stanley Cup Playoff conversation is Lou Finicaro, who you follow on Twitter at gamblue and Lou's got some futures alive here in the Conference Semifinals plays that were given out here on VSN. Months ago. Lou, why don't you refresh the audience of what you have live right now in the conference semifinals?
1: I'd be happy to. First of all, though, Scott, thank you so much for having me on. I'd love to uh, come on and speak hockey with another uh, fellow puckhead <laughs> like myself. Uh, futures are going good this year as opposed to last year's postseason when after the first round, I didn't have a future ticket alive. So I tried to take a little different approach to it this year. Fortunately, in the East, uh, we have a a situation where I had the uh, Hurricanes for the conference, as well as the Cup, as as well, uh, a long shot flyer at the time, I thought, would be uh, the Rangers because of Shisterkin and Net and they're right there. So uh, in the East, I'm represented already in the Wales Conference Final. I just don't know which team it's going to be, although we may have a clear indication after last night. As far as the West is concerned, the Campbell Conference Uh, There, we got some Calgary futures. And in February, before they really got hot, their their odds were much longer. So uh, I'd love to tell you how smart I was to get them back then. It was a little bit of luck as well. There's been a lot of luck in the draw of each team, Calgary and Carolina, within each conference bracket. They're really avoiding all the big, heavy teams and they have not to discredit the Pittsburghs and the Rangers uh, or the Edmonton's uh, and the uh, Dallas uh, Stars, but the path for Carolina and Calgary's been easier than the path for the other side.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you there. What was your emotions like here watching this Flames game against the Oilers? They're up six to two. And they blow a four goal lead. Eventually, they take the 8 6 lead and win the game 9 6. But what was that roller coaster like for you?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, if you're a better, as we are. Uh, watching us sometimes during the highs and lows of any particular ball game can be harrowing. <laughs> and uh, at six to two, I was feeling like I was one of the smartest guys in the hemisphere, Scott. And then at six to six, I was thinking that I was about ready to look for something
0: to to, to throw through my television set. I was so upset. When you look Catherine, at that, yeah. n- now, take a look at the take a look at the game two total of six and a half once again. Would you would you go back to the well with the over after what we saw here in game one?
1: No, I, I'm really an under player, and I've, I've been relatively accurate with my unders this year. And obviously, uh, as heavy as the overs have been coming in, I have to take a real judicious approach to those unders. Uh, I think I'm ready to hit that Calgary under. I just don't know if it's going to be game two. I may need to see one more, as you're aware and noted earlier, Scott. These teams uh, really played a lot of fireworks kinds of games earlier this year. Edmonton has very little blue line and Mike Smith and goal. Calgary could end up looking like a, a scoring juggernaut during this
0: series. Let's take a look at game two coming up here for the Lightning and the Panthers. Uh, I noted uh, last segment that all four home favorites that lost in game one in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs bounced back to win in game two. Would you look at the Panthers to continue that trend and even up this series at a game apiece?
1: Um, That's a really good question. Going into this series, I thought it was possible that Florida could boat race Tampa that Tampa has got uh, tired legs after three seasons of being deep into the playoffs, uh, a veteran team. They're a little bit dinged up, but boy, they sure look good. In fact, they looked as good as I thought Florida was going to look and Florida looked as bad as I thought Tampa was going to look. Uh, my interest in this series is for it to go seven and these two teams to beat each other bloody for my future Carolina or uh Ranger ticket to have a little bit more life going into that final series. But at the end of the day, it is Tampa that's built and equipped to survive in the playoffs. And Florida is not. So I, I think the best way for me to answer your question, Scott, is I
0: lean to Tampa in the series. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you Tampa in seven. Cause I'm going to play this thing out for you. All right. Florida bounces back in game two and evens up the series. In game three, you got Tampa with the, what, 18 straight wins now after a playoff loss, so they'll take the 2-1 lead. I do think the Panthers even it up. We go back to the Hurricanes with the after the loss in game number uh, uh, five, and then I think Lightning win it in six. That's where I'm going. Lightning at home in game six win this series.
1: Yeah, I uh, tend to find – value in the in the uh, road team and I tend to try and favor the road team when I can so uh, if it plays out in your scenario I'll be licking my wounds uh, because I'll be looking for some of those road teams I think Uh, and I think I'll be looking for the road team Tampa in this game here in game two Uh, Florida's going to have to prove to me that they can play from the goal out uh, Bobrowski had a pretty decent game the last game, but they're going to have to show me they can stop Tampa.
0: Colorado is uh-huh. undefeated so far this playoffs. Game two against the Blues. They're heavily favored, of course, but on the puck line, only plus 105. Does Colorado have it in them to win this by two or more?
1: Colorado has uh, it in them to win any game by two or more. <laughs> in this game two at home against St. Louis, when the public and everyone gonna be flying high on them, I'm here to tell you that stop, let's take a little slower approach. St. Louis played Colorado as tough as the Rangers played the Hurricanes. And it's my uh, feeling that at plus 535, the Blues are just too much to pass up for the series. Wow. Wow. This series is not over. This is going to be a six- or seven-game series, and Colorado is just not going to sweep everybody on their way to the Cup. St. Louis is going to give them all they want. So, yes, I'm on St. Louis game two, and I'm on St. Louis for the series at plus 535.
0: I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, What I did hate was the way that the Rangers lost to the Hurricanes, Lou. Um, they dominated that first period, and it should have been, at the very least, 2 nothing. I thought it should have been 3 nothing, but at the very least, 2 nothing, because if Philip Hedl just elevates that one-timer, and Ronta doesn't make the toe save there, they they have a 2 nothing lead. They allow the game-tying goal with three minutes left in regulation, and then in overtime, Ian Cole just, it's not a real shot attempt. He just kind of threw it at the net and it goes off of Ryan Lindgren's stick underneath Shesterkin's arm, and you saw the way that he dropped his stick almost in frustration and disbelief that that's how they lost the game. How do you see now the Rangers responding in game two if they can respond at all in your mind?
1: Oh, yeah, there's no quit in this team. The one thing about the Rangers is, yes, they are a year away, but they're very young. They're a real, real close, tight-knit group that's bonding. And Gallant has worked well with them. So there is nothing but belief in the locker room. There's no quit in the locker room. They just have run up against a team that's been in the playoffs three straight years and had their face pushed in manure with heartbreaking loss. And I think the hurricanes are ready to break through. The Rangers haven't been there yet. And that's what they're experiencing this year. And it doesn't do Ranger fans any good to hear you're one year away when you're all one in a great series right here, but we haven't heard the last of the Rangers either. This is no sweet. This is a six game series too.
0: Yeah. And what I've always said is that this Rangers team has the recipe, right? Right. They have leadership with guys like Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. They have the youth, of course. They're the youngest team here. They have the coaching, and they have the goaltending. So every piece that you want in a Stanley Cup contender, the Rangers have. It's just a matter of them putting it all together. But you said there's no quit. That's been their motto this entire postseason. They came back from three games to one down against the Penguins, who have all that championship pedigree. So I wouldn't count the Rangers out here against the Hurricanes. I think your long shot ticket might be live, Lou.
1: Well, I I you know if if 25 to 1 gets me into that Wales Conference Final, I'll figure out a way to make profit out of that, Scott.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll get you I'll get you one of my Rangers jerseys to wear for that for for when that happens so you can cheer them on. Lou, sounds I, great. I appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with your bets. Enjoy the games tomorrow night. Thanks for having me on Scott. Good luck to everybody. Anytime. There he is. Lou Finnecaro. You follow him on Twitter at GamBlue, and we'll get Lou back on uh, to continue the talk during the Stanley Cup playoffs but also of course uh, when we got some big UFC events coming up over the next uh, several weekends. Uh, in fact, I know there's a couple of them coming up here uh, relatively soon. I'm Scott Satterberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. This is The Look Ahead here on v the sports betting network. Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. at the DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Sidenberg back here. It's The Look Ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, Pamela Maldonado will join us as uh, we'll get some of her picks for the PGA Championship and see uh, what her thoughts are on Tiger Woods. I can tell you right now, I'm on Tiger to make the cut. Um, the latest I saw it was at circa at minus 120. uh let's give you the let's give you the update here at circa and I actually saw minus 140 so I'm hoping that it's still minus 120 so I can go down and place my bet after the show uh tiger to make the cut let's see he is at probably moved because people have gotten it nope hey still good minus 116 even better why do I love tiger to make the cut well I feel personally that the best golf we'll get from Tiger over the course of this weekend is going to be in the first two rounds. That's where the fatigue is not going to set in just yet. It's kind of the same way I felt about him at the Masters, right? The fatigue will start to set in once he gets to day three. He also has a favorable tee time on Friday, day two. He doesn't tee off until 2.30 or so in the afternoon. So he's got that extra rest time after finishing up his round on Thursday before he begins his round on Friday. It's not like he's teeing off at 8.30 in the morning. He's got a half a day to rest up even further So, he's got extra rest between rounds one and two. I don't think the fatigue sets in until day three. And he's in the group with Rory. And I think that uh, with that grouping, and I believe he's with um, Rory and Spieth, maybe? I think that those two players are going to motivate Tiger. The competitiveness will come into play with Tiger because he's paired up with two high profile guys in Jordan Spieth and Rory McElroy. And especially with Rory being, you know, the guy who kind of you know replaced Tiger at Nike when he was going through all that stuff and whatnot. Certainly replaced him on the video game. You remember? It used to be Tiger Woods PGA tour. Then it became Rory McElroy's PGA tour. Anyway, that's a video game conversation. But still I think that with Tiger paired up with Rory and Spieth, it's going to be a little bit of a motivation. It's going to be a little bit motivation. Tiger's going to want to play well. Well, he always wants to play well, but I think he's going to have a little extra motivation with um, those two guys playing with him. They'll tee off at nine, about 9 a.m. Eastern time, and then, like I said, about 2.30 30. Eastern time in the second round. So he's got plenty of time to rest between game between rounds one and two. And so I think Tiger to make the cut is a really safe play here. That's where I think we're going to get the best golf out of him is rounds one and two. And then we'll see what happens. After he makes the cut, maybe he falls apart. Maybe he continues to shine. Maybe he finishes in the top 20. Could I take a flyer on him to win the whole thing? Eh, maybe. But I think uh, the safer bet right now for me is Tiger to make the cut. We'll find out what Pam thinks coming up about 10 minutes or so from now and um, see if she likes Tiger to make the cut as well. I'm Scott Satterberg. Hit me up on Twitter at on air. S C O T T S O N. AI or I, I was having a conversation earlier, um, and this is completely changing the subject. But I was having a conversation earlier about NFL win totals, and I know I've given this out before. But you know, I I am really high on the Jets and the over five and a half, which I don't think is going to be around for a while. I think as we progress throughout the summer here, and people start to buy in. Uh, On the win totals, we're going to see that number go to six. Uh, But right now, it is at five and a half. Let me just double check to see if there's been an update. Uh, Yep, still at five and a half, but it's massively juiced. It's minus 65 on the over five and a half. The comeback is plus 135. But I really do like the Jets. I know the schedule's tough at the beginning of the season because they play the entire AFC North. That game two, that week two game against the Browns, though. That, they might be able to win that game. Because it might very well be Jacoby Brissett at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. I believe that we will get a Deshaun Watson suspension. That's my thoughts. Um. Josina Anderson, the former um, ESPN reporter, has been tweeting out some stuff here on Deshaun Watson. Um, His agent said, quote, We are fully confident that the facts will continue to show that Deshaun Watson did not violate any parts of the NFL's conduct policy. From the revised conduct policy in 2014, quote, it's a privilege to be a part of the National Football League. Everyone who is a part of the league must refrain from conduct detrimental to the integrity of and public confidence in the NFL. So that's the basis in which Roger Goodell could suspend Deshaun Watson. Now, here's the interesting tweet here. Um, it's, uh, she she's, she went off on a, a bunch of tweets here. Um League source on if the NFL issues discipline with a civil case unresolved referred to Antonio Brown 8-game suspension in 2020 for violations unrelated to Brown's pending civil dispute quote an example of an initial ruling and a warning delivered more could come later This is the tweet that I really uh really struck me NFL source on Trevor Bauer, the Dodgers pitcher who just continues to be suspended by Major League Baseball. Quote, look at what baseball did. If people don't think that's on people's radar, then public opinion, uh, what is, it? I, I, maybe there's uh maybe there's a typo here, but it, look at what baseball did. If people don't think that's on people's radar, then, public opinion matters you think the NFL wants to be the organization that says sexual misconduct against women means more to one league than the other think about it end quote I think that's really interesting because I hadn't thought about that but essentially the what the what Major League Baseball has done with the suspension of Trevor Bauer could force the NFL's hand in their handling of this Deshaun Watson situation. So, I do believe Deshaun Watson does get suspended. And then now you start to look at the Browns' schedule. At the Panthers week one, home to the Jets, home to the Steelers, at the Falcons, home to the Chargers, and home to the Patriots. Those are the first six games. If if Watson's out six games, how many of those do they win? You know, the home games, they'll have four home games out of those six, so that's going to help them. But I think that they are susceptible, and and I like Jacoby Brissett. For years, I said this guy could be a starting quarterback in the NFL, a serviceable starter. Maybe not a guy you build your franchise around, but a serviceable starter. But they could suffer some losses here to the likes of, you know, maybe even getting upset by a team like the Jets or getting upset by a team like the Falcons, even though I think the Falcons are probably the worst team in the league this year. Would it surprise you if they go two and four? I don't think it will. We'll continue the PGA conversation coming up next. Get the golf picks from Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports. will join me, Scott Seidenberg, coming up next. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'm on Tiger to make the cut. I want to get Pam's thoughts on uh, what she thinks we will get from Tiger Woods this weekend at the PGA Championship. This is The Look Ahead here on Sin the Sports Betting Network. V-CIN, the the V Spring Special is here for only $59. You get everything V has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vCin.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's Kelly MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have his best bets all the way through the NBA finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. So if you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here. This is The Look Ahead on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. Joining us now is Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sports. She does a great job with a variety of sports, tennis. She's fantastic at and golf as well. And with the PGA Tomorrow, Pam, we wanted to bring you on to pick your brain on who you think is going to have a good tournament. Let's start with the most polarizing name, though, and that is Tiger Woods. I think Tiger to make the cut is the safe bet. At least that's the one I'm putting in because the fatigue's not going to set in for him until, I think, day three. I think he's got a favorable schedule having the late tee time on Friday, so he's got extra rest between rounds one and two, and I think maybe having him paired with Spieth and McIlroy might give him that competitive spirit that we know and love are you with me on Tiger to make the cut?
2: It makes sense to me that Tiger very well could make the cut here in this spot. We saw him at the Masters. He performed very well in the first day. He did okay in the second day, and then he fizzled off on the weekend. That could very well be the case here again. I'm not really interested in that market because it is minus 115 in either direction for him to make the cut or miss the cut. So in my opinion, you're just paying the sportsbook a juice. Um, I think there's other options up on the board that have a more profitable side, but I definitely can agree with your case on backing him for the first two. And then don't take him maybe for the third and maybe fade him in a single day head to head in the third and the fourth day. So that would make sense to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tell me about the first round. Who comes out strong here in your mind and why?
2: There's a few players that I love for first round leader bets. And I know that it's kind of like a putting a hat into (laughs) putting names into a hat and drawing. But there's a few players here that make sense for a first round leader bet. You have Cam Smith at 33 to 1 odds. Morikawa 33 to 1. Hideki 40 to 1. Will Zalatorris is one of my favorite ones to kind of take a flyer on at 40 to 1. Um, One of my more interesting players would be Kevin Na. You're getting 135 to 1 for him to finish in the first round as the leader and the, what, how I strategized myself for first round leader bets is there's a lot of similarities between this course and Augusta. So I'm looking at the players who have one performed well at the masters, but also the players who got off to a hot start at the masters and all of the players that I mentioned were at the top of the leaderboard on round one, he both this year and last year. So you're talking about players that gain strokes total in the field. You're talking about top five, top ten. And so those are the players that get off hot on a similar course. Could very well be the case here. Um, Weather could come into play, but I'm not going to play the guessing game and play weatherman in this situation. Mm. So instead, I'm going to take some flyers on some of the best players in the field. And that's Smith, Morikawa, and Kevin Na. He's playing really well right now. He He has a great approach shot in his last three. He took 14th of the Masters. He was top 10 in the field last year, so I like him to come out possibly of 135 odds. That's a fun one to take.
0: Absolutely a fun one to take, and you mentioned one of the guys that I love, and Will Zalatoris, and he's one of the guys, him and Shane Lowry, I bet them every single tournament, and I will continue to bet them every single (laughs) tournament (laughs) until they get the win, okay? Guilty. Because I don't (laughs) want to be... (laughs) I don't want to be... It's almost like... I, I, I don't know if FOMO is the right word that I'm looking for, but... I don't want it to happen where they win the tournament finally. And I didn't bet it. So I'm just going to do it every time.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And for Zalatoris, I mean, both, you have a lot of people who are possibly not playing him this week because of his performance last week at the Byron Nelson. I was one of the players who bet him last week. I was like, Oh, long course. Let me take Willie Z. Well, it (laughs) probably wasn't as good of a fit as I thought, because yes, Zalatoris does really well on long courses, But he does really well on long, difficult courses. So I believe that this week is a better suit for him as far as game style goes. But you're getting plus 165 on Zalatoris to finish in the top 20. I think that alone is a solid bet. And I myself, too, I'm on board with you on that one where I took him 35-1 to for a win because I believe in Zalatoris. I believe that a win is coming. But we also said that about Finau, we've been saying that about Xander Shoffley, so let's see how long this one lasts, but I think Zalator is here, definitely has an opportunity. He's actually first in strokes gained at the Masters in the last two seasons, I think that's worth a shot.
0: What are your feelings on Scotty Scheffler, the guy is absolutely out of this world right now, every time he uh, takes part in a tournament, he's certainly got a chance to win it, what are his chances here in your mind?
2: What you love about Shuffler is that he has a great iron play and he's really great around the green. In my opinion, that is the perfect combination for a player of what you're looking for here at this course at Southern Hills. So he could very well come out with the win. The one thing that concerns me is that bent Grass surfaces is actually not his best putting surface, though he is still a good putter. So that alone would keep me away and think. Zalatoris and other players have an opportunity here to come out with a win? He can still very well come out with the top 20, with the top 10, but I'm looking to other players to back him uh, instead of an outright.
0: If this dude wins this, is this the greatest oh, season of golf that you've <laughs> witnessed from a single player, maybe since Tiger Woods in his prime?
2: You have to start believing that, yeah, absolutely. You have Tiger Woods was the last player, it was in 2006, that he had won eight Events in one season and then he followed that up with uh, nine in 2000 or I think I may have the years reversed. But I mean, the last player to do have such a great season was Tiger Woods. Am I ready to put Shuffler in the same category as Woods? I'm not sure that a lot of us are, but you have to start considering it. What he's doing is absolutely stellar and it's just he has the confidence, and then what I love about him is that he has the confidence, but it's not boastful confidence. It's very subtle. You have to ask him how, <laughs> hey, Scheffler? did you know that you're having a great season? You know what? I'm feeling good about where my game is at. He's very humble with it, and I love that. I respect that.
0: Absolutely what you love to see. Uh, tell me about some of your favorite matchup bets here for this tournament.
2: So there's a couple of them that I really do love, and one of them would be backing Billy Horschel minus 110 against Adam Scott. I'm talking about Scotty Shuffler having a really great short game. He's good around the green. Well, that's exactly what Billy Horschel is. He is stellar around the green. That's actually the strength of his game. And you're talking about Adam Scott, who has been an inconsistent player this season as of late. He ranks outside Scott, outside of the top 100, in both scrambling and in sand saves. There's a lot of bunkers here, and these greens are really small. So I'm going to trust the player that has a stellar short game in Billy Horschel and he's actually coming around with his iron game, which is really surprising in his last few tournaments. He has gained strokes ball striking, whereas before he was purely relying on that short game. So now you want to give me a player who's coming in with good form on both. Yeah, I definitely want to take Horschel in what is, uh, when what the odds are. The sports books say is a coin flip. Um, another player, another head to head matchup that I really like is Keegan Bradley minus 120 over Abraham Answer. This is honestly just a complete fade of Abraham Answer, mm. which I'm not sure is even healthy at the moment. He possibly could be injured. We don't have injury reports in PGA like we do in something like football. But he withdrew from the RBC heritage. He withdrew from the Valero. He missed the cut at the Masters. Answered, then followed that up with a T-42 and then a T-56 in Mexico and Wells Fargo. He's just not coming into this with some good form, possibly coming into this injured. And you have Keegan Bradley, who's one of the best ball strikers on tour. He has five top 11 finishes in his last seven events, including a T-2 at the Wells Fargo. He's great off the T, and I'm going to go with the player that is a good ball striker. Team... No putt, that's for sure, but he is still more consistent when it comes to the ball striking, and that's what I'll take any
0: day. What about fading Louis Eustazen?
2: Oh, man. You know what? He had a great 2021 season. And then what happened? We haven't really seen much of him since. Um, I'm not sure what maybe his confidence isn't there. He's definitely not getting in the reps because we haven't seen him a lot this year in 2022. He's just not a player that it's on my radar and he could very well turn it on. But this is a course where not many have played. I mean, Southern Hills, we've only been here, what, once since 2000 in 2007. And it's not at all the same course. Um, He's just not a player that I'm interested in backing. Probably in a head-to-head, I would be looking to fade just because where's his game at? We have no idea.
0: Pam, great stuff as always. Really appreciate you. We'll be uh, catching your podcast as well, and we'll be following you on Twitter for more information. Thanks, guys. There she is, Pamela Maldonado. Yahoo Sportsbook does a great job for them. At Pamela M35 on Twitter, and you check out her podcast, Stack of Stats. She does a tremendous job handicapping golf and tennis and a variety of other things as well. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on v the sports betting network.